Hello, welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine and here to talk some more Mad Max. I've got Turbo and Sean from Blue Bantha Milko. How are you going? Good. Hey there. Good. Very good. Now, um, Blue Bantha Milko had a very successful, well, from my end, um, premiere of their latest epic AI saga. Do you want to tell us about that, Sean? Oh, yeah, definitely. So we had um, uh, the first episode of the Calvisian Chronicles written by Artificial Intelligence. So our friend Chris Ryans, who does an absolutely incredible Lando impression. It's brilliant. Uh, he's he's one of the mm. bro hosts of Broaxium. And we basically, he said he wanted to do more. He'd done Lando for Solo 2 when we did the, that. And he wanted to come back and do some more. So we basically said, okay, it, we'll do the Calvisian Chronicles, but uh, when you film it, it has to be the first time you've read it when you when you're when you're on camera. <laughs> so that that helps that helped it a lot, and it was good. It went really well. People liked it. And um, um, Damon Lindelof, the guy who made Lost and Watchmen and The Leftovers, he uh, he posted on Instagram about it, advising people to watch it, which was pretty cool. And looking at like the people who liked the the posts, like Bobby Moynihan, uh, Bowen Yang, Justin Thoreau, so quite a few um, cool names. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it's been it's been quite popular, and we've got quite a few more of those written because they're they're pretty wild, and he does so well, and it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing just to see him look down because he's he's reading it off an iPad, and just to see him sort of look down and then say something and then realize what he said, <laughs> and he sort of just has the reaction in real time. It's very good. There's so I definitely advise chuckles. checking that out. Yeah, yeah. Lots of jow, lots of jawa love. Lots of jowers, no. yeah. Um, no spoilers, but <laughs> yeah. So when the AI gets itself into a bit of a loop, it loves lists. So when we, when it was sort of saying like, my first wife was, and then it just kept doing it. My second wife, my third wife, my fourth, fifth, sixth, you know. Um, so yeah, that kind of goes off the rails a bit, but yeah, it was a lot of fun, and yeah, definitely check it out. Excellent. Yes, I, I highly recommend. Um, maybe have headphones on. Um, if yes. you're at work, but um, yeah, highly recommend. Very worth the while. Now, last week I premiered something on my television that was probably not big enough. Mad Max <laughs> Fury Road. Yes, uh, finally, finally, finally. <laughs> the journey, the journey is complete. Good work. <laughs> It was amazing. Even from the opening credit, I went, "Whoa!" Like, <laughs> like the the way they had the Warner Brothers symbol was just—it was maxed out. It, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And it was one of those things where watching it on my TV, I was going, mm, "Yeah, this would have been awesome on the big screen." Yeah, so, it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it in. Um, 3D first, which was a bit wild. Um, that was kind of in the heady days of 3D when sort of, was it 2015 and 14 or 15, I think it was. Yeah. So I saw it in 3D first, kind of got freaked out by it all. And then I realized I shouldn't be watching movies in 3D first, but then I went back and saw it in, in 2D and I, yeah, just loved it. Like such a frenetic, kinetic sort of, it's just a big chase. Like it's a massive yeah. energy fueled movie basically yeah oh yeah it's i um cinema nova in melbourne had it on 
every day for a year, I think. Wow. So I, I saw <laughs> it a couple of times. And then um, I and then they re-released it in 3D at IMAX. So I went to go see it there again. And that Ooh. was pretty amazing. And then they re-released it again in black and white. And I went to go watch that. <laughs> so I just kept going back to the cinema and watch it. And I've watched it on a plane. I've watched it on my phone. I've, I've watched it with my parents. I've watched it with my in-laws. Um, oh, I just, I could watch this movie every day. I think it's one of the greatest cinematic achievements of the, of, of the history of cinema. <laughs> Frankly, I think it's incredible. Yeah. I cannot, I cannot fault it. Like you say, phonetic, kinetic, high, complete, pure entertainment. Um, yeah. It's, never, it's, never a dull moment. No, that's it. It's like two hours long and it goes like that. You just instantly pulled into it and just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, love it. And you're right. It's kinetic and that frenetic energy is coming through. But unlike a lot of movies that are coming out now that's trying to convey that, I don't think there was any shaky cam. I can't recall no. any. Or if there was, it was incredibly minimal. And, and I, I, I'm guessing part of it, like I was watching a lot of the behind the scenes and the whole film was storyboarded from start to finish, like to the nth degree. And I believe they shot it in that order as well, or roughly yeah. in that order of the film. I think I read that and, as well. Yeah. yeah. I, think it, can, I think it's been... Can see the script and like someone's done the thing with it. it's the script with the storyboards and it's it's quite it's like reading a comic book almost but it's just like a picture and then a bit of dialogue picture and you can just see exactly that he's just got it like george miller just had it in his head he's like okay i know i know what i want i just need someone to draw it and then we can build a script on that and go from there like he very clearly had an, an image of what he wanted but like you'd also imagine like after filming all three Mad Max films, there's probably a lot of things he wanted to do but couldn't be had in mm. his head. So you'd imagine all the storyboards and all those sort of things built up over the years and all the delays with the film, I guess we can yeah. talk about the, that. But, yeah, it just culminated, culminated into this, like, epic Mad Max film. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And, and really you can very much see all the threads of Mad Max, even going back to the first film, yes, there's the Interceptor, but there's the crazy outfits. And, of course, Mm. um, you know, from the second film, there's Max gets, you know, strapped onto the front of a car and and that was from the second film. Um, I think the third film, Beyond Thunderdome, gets, I won't say forgotten, but... Yeah, it's the. I, I watched Thunderdome quite recently for the first time, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is sort of like the Hollywood Mad Max, but I did really enjoy it. But the final sequence with the train, with yeah. all the, yeah. I was like, ah, okay, I can see now. This is like again, this feels like practice. It's like George, and I was like, what if we made a whole film that was just that, <laughs> the whole, like the end yeah. of Road Warrior and the end of this one, we just made that the whole film. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, pretty amazing. Yeah. And this is the first um, Mad Max not filmed in Australia. Yeah, in... yeah Namibia. Namibia. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Apparently, they they've been trying to film it since two thousand and one or something, and it was delayed by nine eleven. And yeah. Um, and then you know, trying to film at Broken Hill around that time, they, apparently there was it was not a dry season. It was too much green in, at Broken Hill in the desert. <laughs> so. Right. Um, yeah, apparently they went to Namibia. 
this this has been one that when I used to read um, uh, like Total Film, and they would always have like a Total Film Empire. No, Total Film and Empire, I think. Yeah. They'd always have like a double page spread, and it'd be like you know movies that have sold, like scripts that have sold, films that are being made. And I remember Fury Road just being one that came up every couple of months of like they were trying to do this and they were trying to do that. It was always Fury Road and um, Gemini Man, which uh, I just saw was on Netflix, actually. And that was one because they kept trying to think, how can we work out the technology to have a young version of, an, of a person and an old version of a person? Obviously, the technology just caught up. But yeah, I just remember Fury Road being like, you just saw Mel Gibson just getting older and older and older and the news uh-huh. just kept going. And then eventually it was like, okay, well, we, we're going to drop Mel Gibson and keep going. Like, So it's yeah, definitely a film I never expected to be made. Never, yeah. never mind his meltdown and all the other oh, yeah, issues he had. Oh, yeah, completely but, loopy then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was just reading before also that um, there are a few other actors considered. One one of them was Heath Ledger. I don't know if you read that one. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, apparently he had conversations with Heath while he was in Sydney and that kind of went by the wayside. And another one was um, Jeremy Renner. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 No. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I, in the end, I think they made the right choice because Tom Hardy is a, a bit of a freak, an acting freak. Like, yeah, doesn't say much yeah. in the film, just like, just like Max shouldn't. Um, but he's uh, he can he can do no wrong, Tom Hardy. It's, it's funny, like I've seen him in such a wide variety of roles. Like I first would have seen him in is it Star Trek Nemesis? Hmm. Yeah, um, as a cloned Picard um recently I watched Venom <laughs> well I haven't watched Venom shit, shit film good acting <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh look if it's you, kind of watchable with Tom Hardy it's watchable it. <laughs> and when Venom and Tom Hardy's character Eddie are talking to each other it's hilarious and you've got to keep in mind Venom's voice is is voiced by Tom Hardy. So oh, okay. He does both the voices. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, I, I think Tom Hardy's great. Like I um uh obviously Peaky Blinders, he's amazing in that. Um I do I think he was on like some English crime show back in the day. Like I do remember him being like yeah. Being like a young gangster in like a Martina Cole's movie or, or TV yeah. movie or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, obviously he's Bane. He's great. Yeah. I think he's amazing. Show me an English actor who hasn't got like a Midsummer murder. Yep. <laughs> well, it's, I think, uh, and then it, it's, it's the, it's the English equivalent of like Neighbours or Home and Away. Like yep. every Australian actor sort of got their style in that. And yeah, in, in, in England, it's like, oh, you know, they were in Casualty or they were a criminal in the bill or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Holby City. Holby City. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Fury Road, the plot is there is no plot. Well, <laughs> oh, there, there is kind of a plot, but it's quite a simple one. You think I compare it to Beyond Thunderdome when there are two distinct halves yeah. of, yeah. and there is like a plot. He has, you know, reason for doing what he's doing, whereas, Fury Road, he just gets caught up in events and things are happening around him and he doesn't, he's just like, okay, I guess I'm, I'm doing this now. 
yeah. pretty much. Yeah. It's sort of like Road Warrior where he kind of ends up in a bit of a situation and but he's kind of more eager in Road Warrior he seems like more eager to help and has the thing of like, oh they're gonna give me a shitload of fuel. Yeah. Whereas this it's just sort of like I was minding my own visit business, eating two headed lizards, and now I'm doing this. <laughs> you know, now I've got to help out with you guys because I'm in the middle of it. I I got caught by these dudes. <laughs> yep. Hung upside down, tattooed stuff on my back, <laughs> drained of blood. Mm-hmm. Somehow I got hooked up to the front of a car while my blood is being drained. Oh, I'm it's just here a blood now. bag. Yeah, it's <laughs> a blood bag. Blood bag. <laughs> but he's also having those sort of flashback nightmares as well. Um, I, there was, I, I don't know if you've read the comics, I haven't, but apparently one of the flashbacks to um, one of the kids was hmm. a previous comic to Fury Road. But there was also a flashback of one of the scenes from the original Mad Max with those bulging, freaky yep. eyes. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's interesting he's having those, you know, post-traumatic. The, the whole thing is, like, he's just going through PTSD, basically, Yeah. forever. Yeah. I don't think he'll ever recover from what he's been through. Hmm. So he just rolls with it and ends up on this adventure, basically. Yes. Yeah. And then hits the road at the end, as, yeah. is, as is his way. He's just on survival mode the whole time. Does he get his interceptor back? Gets destroyed, I think. Yeah, um, yeah I think it gets destroyed. Yeah. yeah. It gets, it gets um, I... pancaked by like a, a truck at one point, I think. Okay. Yeah, because what's his name's in it? Uh, the guy with the, the slits. Slit is his name. And Slit, he's yeah. Because he's doing the thing, you know, he's like drinking the fuel and spitting it into the, yeah. the engine bit. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, it gets taken out by the war rig or gets taken out by the other big, massive 18-wheeler that's in the chase. Yeah. Oh, I love this film so much. <laughs> so much. The, the other thing, I don't know if you've given it much thought and may, maybe overthinking it, but the, the timelines, like, are we supposed to know where this fits or it kind of is a bit of a blur? Because mm. it seems like more like a sequel to Road Warrior than Beyond Thunderdome in a way, but yeah, it kind cool. of... Because by the end of Thunderdome, he's sort of, like, regained some of his humanity, hasn't he? He's sort of earned his place in the world, and he's a bit more with it. Whereas, like, the end of Road Warrior, he's like... uh, Sorry, the start of Thunderdome, he's on... He's with the camels and all that, and he's he's quite feral. So it makes sense for the long hair as well. Yeah. 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 So I don't know what what it's supposed to be or what, what George Miller intended. It's kind of like a parallel timeline or not but um, mm. yeah of course i don't think it really matters to be honest no there's <laughs> yeah, true. there's a theory out there that I actually randomly watched this short interview with um quentin tarantino that he was he was also wanting to subscribe to that the mad max in fury road is actual actually the feral kid mm. grown up but of course that contradicts with um yeah, yeah, seeing the bulging eyes and if there's comics that are yeah. canon. Um, but it's just funny because to me it's like Fury Road feels like generations almost have passed since that club, uh, that big event because you think, well, um, you know, what's his face, the bad dude? I'm really good at names, aren't I? Um, you know, he's set up with. Immortan Joe. Immortan, Immortan Joe, Joe, that's his name. 
Um, he set up with yeah his harem of wives to have children and and you know no no one can remember like a proper life or if they do they're incredibly old mm. yeah so generations seem to have passed well he's had yeah, a right. couple it's, of kids yeah. as well has he mm. they're not young the kids like rictus and um I can't think of the other character's name. And and also, yeah, like you say the old women are the ones who are like, oh, everyone had a TV show back mm-hmm. then, you know, because of the satellites. And it's it seems like it's long, 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 long ago. Yeah, so I think I mentioned it to you, Catherine, in the last one with Beyond Thunderdome. There was a kid in one of the Lost Tribe. He had the painted face and the black eyes. Yeah. Do you remember him? It was like, had a collection of skulls, I think. Mm. I think his name was Screw Loose. So I... I I kind of get the feeling that he was related or that was the inspiration for the 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 Warboy tribe in this one. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just he took that that look for the for the tribe or he actually was part of that tribe. Um I I did scream <gasps> Warboy when yeah, I was yeah. watching the film. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you you saw that you saw that after yeah, Fury yeah. Road whereas yeah, so Yeah. Um yeah, it is. It is pretty amazing to watch the first three after seeing Fury Road and to see the, like, the evolution of, it, like George Miller's like constantly seeming to work, to be working towards Fury Road. He's like, okay, I've got this idea, and I'll put this together and this, and then he's like, okay, what if I put these two ideas together and this and this, and then, like, as is even um, in the first film, there's a thing with um, the the bikers like pole vault off a hill onto the top of like a. Uh, tanker and it just reminded me of that thing you know with the pole cats where they're on the sticks and yeah. they're kind of going like that like the Cirque du Soleil guys I'm like okay so that's like evolution of okay we'll start off and just do like this weird mad stunt of people doing pole vaulting but what if we took that to the extreme of just having that on these massive um spendy poles while moving at high speed with acrobats on them you know it's kind of it everything <laughs> yeah, seems yeah. to push push to the extreme like and let's yeah. do it for like twenty minutes instead of two minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Everything's turned up to eleven. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that you know, it's very few of the main actors are Australian, um, mm. which is a big you know, right hand turn from the first three. Um, but we still get Australians in notable places. We get Angus Sampson. Yep. Gussie yep. Sampson. Um, John Howard uh, from Johnny Howard. Yep. Everything. I, Robert Jelly from um, Sea Change. <laughs> uh, and For those listening, it's not the Prime Minister, John Howard. It's no, I was going to say, like, like John... <laughs> who did he play? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think of something. He's He's been in a lot of Australian stuff. I think you'd. I don't think he's ever cracked it internationally, though. So. No. No, he's, yeah. he's one of those Australian actors who's very successful here in Australia mm. but wouldn't ever crack it overseas because he's very Australian. Um, in the, And so his role on Sea Change was of the, the shonky real estate agent slash mayor of the town. Right. So. Um, and, and who is he in Fury Road? Um, he was the big guy. Um, did he have like? He had like a big, gigantic foot as well. Yes. Um, the um, the people eater. Yeah, people. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That's John Howard. Yeah. Yeah. I think all the, yeah, I think all the Aussie actors are playing the baddies, except for uh, one of the wives is Australian. Yeah. I can't remember her name, the the, the model. Um, uh, Megan Gale. Something. Yeah. yeah. Um, Megan Gale was oh, yeah, sorry, one of the, the. The Valkyrie. The Valkyrie. Um, yeah. It's interesting because. George Miller, he had been slated to make a Wonder Woman and he was going to have Megan Gale as Wonder Woman. Mm, of course, right. that all fell through. Mm. Um, so we could have had Megan Gale as Wonder Woman. And also I think Army Hammer was going to be Superman or Batman. And yeah, what's yeah that, rings, that rings a bell, yeah. yeah. It's going to be the Flash, I think, who I remember. Hmm. Yeah. And there's but, also Quinton. I yeah. don't know if Sean would be familiar yes, with that's, Quinton. Yes, 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 yes. That's who I was thinking of, like the Rictus's brother. Yeah. 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 Are you sort of aware who Quinton is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for any overseas listeners, um, Quinton, um, he became well-known in Australia because a current affairs host, Mike Willisey, befriended him when he was a little boy and... Um, yeah, so became a well-known face on Australian television um, for disability rights and, and other issues in Australia. So, yeah, very well-known. To, so to see him turn up as a baddie. <laughs> yeah. Now, you might know more than I do. I get the impression that a lot of people are now born with in in Fury Road's time, are born with, like, birth defects or diseases because um, Nicholas Holt's character refers to, like, two tumours he's got and they call um, Max, like, a clean skin almost or a... Yeah, that would make sense because Morton's all messed up, isn't he? They're, like, blowing that powder on him and he's got, like, a gas mask and, yeah. Yeah, that seems to be the thing and there's definitely a sense that, like, yeah, all of Joe's kids, because Rictus obviously is built like he's massive, but he's got an oxygen tank on and he's got yeah. the thing on his nose and all that. Yeah, yeah and I guess that's why they really. need the sort of fresh blood or mm. fresh blood bags so they can, mm. yeah, maybe maybe heal themselves. I guess that's their idea that they can they can heal it. But I like um, Nux's two little growths on his shoulder. He does little smiley faces on his <laughs> yeah. on his two little growths. Uh, Larry and Barry, I think, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, Larry and Barry are going to kill me. This one's Larry. This one's Barry. The the other thing I don't know if you guys noticed was um, and I didn't realize until after I saw it just recently. I was just looking up the actors' names. One of the wives is the granddaughter of Elvis Presley. Yes, Yes. and I was like, wow, yeah, yeah, did not know that. I've seen the film yeah. so many times and only when I was just kind of looking at the cast list now, I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah. And, of course, Zoe Kravitz is in the movie yep. as well. Yes, I recently watched um, High Fidelity, which is mm. a great show. Yeah. It's a good good show about um, a record store owner. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's sort of it's from the John Cusack film, High yeah. Fidelity, uh, but it's, it's sort of set in modern times in, in Brooklyn, New York. And, Really good. But, of course, the main character really in this movie is Fury, 
Furiosa, played by mm. Charlie's Theron. Um, I'm not really sure how to pronounce her last name. I've heard it various <laughs> ways. But um, she really is the main character, isn't she? Yeah. Like it's her yeah. motivation that's driving the plot. Everyone else is just basically along for the ride. It's her motivation that gets them literally from A to B. Yeah, it's it's all based on a memory too. I, I think she's looking for well, where she grew place. up, basically the green place. Yeah. yeah, you only kind of find out that sort of halfway through the film where she wants to go, and then. Um, but yeah, you're right. She's uh, she's the core of the film, and it probably has more a lot more lines than Max as well. <laughs> and and um, first smart like obviously the new the new film is her it's it's her backstory it's furiosa like that's the movie they're making at the moment um yeah so they definitely it's interesting to have that like the next like there's no real plans for another mad max movie but there is a plan for another furiosa movie which i quite like um yeah i think i think there was talk of two more films but they're doing the furiosa one first so yeah i think it was supposed to be yeah, there's Mad Max The Wasteland, I think, was one that they were going to do, and Mad Max yeah. Furiosa, so they must have gone Furiosa first. Hopefully we so do get another Mad Max, but yeah. Okay. And I'll see it on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> you must. Yes. But, yeah, she's pretty amazing in this film. Uh, again, having she had an amazing look with the, the grease mm. on her forehead and... Just so physical, but not becoming you know, a masculine presence. She was still a feminine presence, but still, grow. You wouldn't want to mess with her. Oh yeah, like the the first scene where she meets Max and she kicks his ass. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and I think at that point she hasn't even got her arm on it. It's just like one arm and a stump, and she just batters him. And he, I think he needs nooks to help him before he can kind of win the fight. Um, and actually, it, no, it's interesting you say that as well because, like, I do feel as though in kind of um, lesser hands, in like, uh, like lesser hands as a director, like the Five Wives would be hugely um, shot in an objectifying way, which mm. I think they never are, which is interesting. Even though, like they're only like they're all half dressed, there's not like a lingering shot of anything. There's not one of those like Josh Whedon low camera angle butt <laughs> yeah. shots or anything like that. Like they're clearly victims of trauma and they're treated thusly, mm. and I think that's amazing. It's it, it's amazing that that is amazing. Frankly, it's kind of depressing that that's yeah. so amazing yeah. of a thing. Like, but it is it is pretty incredible to to see that. Yeah, I watched a, a film review from at the the time from um, Mark Kermode, um, who quite liked it. He commented on, oh, you know, the wives were very beautiful models, and you sort of said oh you know that's a sort of an, a, a a nod to hollywood and i he was called out in the comments so saying well no it makes sense with the plot because that's who immortal joe would pick he would yeah. pick young beautiful women who look perfect because he's trying to have children who you know don't have issues because you know when um the wife dies who's pregnant, you know, and they get the the baby out and he's, it was perfect. It would have been yeah. perfect. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. He's going for like good genetic stock um, yeah. in a sort of really gross way. And it, it is interesting after obviously the first two movies killed off the dogs. Thunderdome was quite tame. It was definitely a bit more Hollywood. And then like they come sweeping back with throwing a pregnant woman under the wheels of a monster truck yeah. to kind of really remind you of like, yeah. Still making yeah. that gritty, crazy films while everyone else sort of gets a bit tamer and sort of less less has less sharp teeth. George Miller's still like, no, 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 we can do we can do surprising, crazy things. And those, yeah, those chastity belts were kind of kind of crazy as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so the war rig, it just this huge tanker full of. Breast milk. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's just a – it's a unique concept. I can't think of anything like that before. I mean, we've seen in movies fights over yep, guzzling, which the term they kept, um, yep. water, of course. But, yeah, mother's milk was what they were transporting to – the other city run by um, yeah, people eater. Mm. And there's a point, there's no like, I think Max washes his face with it. He's yeah. like, what's this? And it's like mother's milk. <laughs> yeah. <It> keeps... <laughs> yeah. I, so guess you... got, I guess they've finally figured out that um, that's what's going to keep the human race alive, mother's milk. Like, yeah, maybe. just need to keep going. Yep. Yeah, so so Immortan Joe runs this this sort of out outpost um, in the middle of some cliffs, and and there's people living below, and he can turn off this enormous like water fountain thing, mm. and that's how he controls the population. Yeah, so he has. It's very much a. Um, upper class and a yeah. lower class, you know, because um, they've got like gardens and things inside the cliffs. Suddenly, as well, you see a little bit of that at the start, and and obviously all the women just being milked, and yeah, um, yeah it's like a real, it's a real wild scene, and uh, and yeah, they got the access to all the water. He's yeah, he's got just such a vision. So one thing I did notice while watching was that even though yes there's more overseas actors they do keep a few Australianism so mm. at one point Charlie's Theron says oh we're gonna fang it or is it or we're fanging it which is yeah, such an Australian it. you know saying of yeah going fast fanging it well yeah and the Americans who I spoke to about this they all thought it was like future slang it was like, ah, oh, you know, it's like guzzoline or something like that. It's like a corruption or something. It's like, no, 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 it's a natural thing that people say all the time. Yeah. Gonna fang it. Yeah. 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 When you're on your on your bike, you fang around the corner. Yeah. Then you stack. Yeah. yeah there's a there's a tumbleweed song from the nineties called Fang It as well. So. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, tumbleweed. I'm trying to think. There was a. F- I'm sure there was something else that was still quite Australian. But I'm glad that George Miller kept 
even that little bit of terminology in there because mm. I'm sure he had someone say to him, oh, Americans won't understand that, and he's just like, yeah, don't care. They'll work it out. They, yeah. they can work out context clues, surely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you, you talked about the long production of this. It's a very long, tortured production with went through many things. I think he thought of this idea in the 90s when, yeah, he could have had Mel Gibson back, like Mel Gibson could have conspired could have still done a Mad Max mm. in the 90s, but I don't think yeah. this film could have been made. No. No, and, and I mean, obviously it took, you know, from the 90s up until 2015 or 16 when it came out. Um, but then won six Oscars and, you know, critically acclaimed. And, and interestingly as well, it's like a movie that is loved by um, movie makers. There's tons of directors mm. who at the time were talking about it. And even now, like I saw an interview with um, uh, Steven Soderbergh, who did like all the Ocean's Eleven movies yeah. and Traffic and all that. And they were talking to him about movies that he liked. And he was like, oh, the only thing that's been worth seeing in the past like 10 years is Fury Road. He's like, the idea that they're not still in the desert making that movie or that they're all dead is just amazing <laughs> yeah. to me. Like I just can't, I can't understand it. And there's tons of filmmakers like Robert Rodriguez. When he saw some footage at South Southwest, he just like jumped up in the crowd and was just like, "How did you do it? How the hell could you have done that?" And 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 Tarantino loved it and so on. It's just like one of those movies that I think other filmmakers are just like, "How though? <laughs> you know, like how <laughs> how?" Um, so yeah, no, it, it's it's great, and um, obviously it took a very very long time, but it was definitely worth it. I think I think the stat was eighty percent of the stunts were like in yeah. real like no green screen at all, just straight up stunts. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing like B roll, like there's a B roll video on YouTube, and it was all like the tests for the stunts, um, to just to like see what would happen if two cars smashed into each other at a certain speed and all that. And they were just like smashing cars and working it out. And then that a lot of the CG is like, well, a lot of the CG is Shelly Theron's arm. Yeah. Off. And then there's stuff like um, and the backgrounds uh, and the, the background, colorization yeah. and stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, just and kind it of, says uh, that kind of thing. wires to protect mm. the stunt people, which yeah. I think we sort of understand. But yeah, they do so much practically; it's just amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you talk about the the people on poles. Which mm -hmm. um, you know, people go, oh yeah, Cirque du Soleil. I go, oh yeah, that was like that. Um, Australian Eurovision Act from a couple of years ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she was on one of the, one of those poles. Her and her performance singing on the, the Eurovision stage. I got to, I got to think it's inspired by Fury Road. Oh, it's got to be. It's the, gotta be. The thing that the thing that sets out this film as well is the just the colours, and I, I'm keen to understand. I haven't seen the black and white version, and I'm keen to, but I, I don't know how it would work because this film is kind of it's, it's kind of oversaturated, really sort of deep orangey, dark blue mm. skies. It's, everything's dark. Apparently some of the the nighttime shots were filmed in the daytime and they just ramped down the the coloration and the, the darkness, right? So And I think yeah, you can see just... that, like, in some of the night for the day for night shots, like just the way there's like a crispness to it. And 
yeah it's it's cool well the the black and white thing there was a few scenes that were really cool in black and white like um you know when they sort of drive through the swamp and it's all the people on like the stilts yeah 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 that was really cool but for for the most part you did lose something for oh mm. I, the, the sandstorm scene was really cool in black and white but for the most part like you say you lost the um the sort of like just the searing color i think you just need that as part of it like it was interesting to watch it in black and white but i wasn't thinking to myself oh yeah this is the definitive version this is the version they should have made i'm like no 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 this was this was nice and and a good excuse to go back to the cinema to watch it but um i yeah i'm okay <laughs> it's like the justice league like the Zack snyder justice league like oh and now we've released it in black and white and I don't think anyone watched it. <laughs> I think everyone was just like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, this was no, I was not crying out for this. I've given you four hours. I'm not giving you four more. Yeah. The, the one film that I've seen in black and white that's kind of made it better is um, The Mist. Have you seen The Mist? It's Frank, Frank oh, Darabont. That would be cool in black Stephen and white. Stephen King. Yeah, that that's is, a great film. That is by far the best black and white film or of the two versions that I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Again, I think Mark Camode said, yeah, the black and white is far superior version. Mm. That's the version that they originally wanted to release, but they were forced to release the colour version first. That would be so good because it would make it like a cool 50s monster movie. Yeah, mm. that's the, really good. One of the best ones, like, again, Steven Soderbergh, he did, he did a thing on his website where he was talking about um, how good um, how good of a visual storyteller Spielberg is. So he made a version of Raiders of the Lost Ark, which was in black and white and just had like music playing. And it was like, okay, first off, obviously everything's gorgeous in black and white. Raiders of the Lost Ark in black and white is gorgeous. But also you can watch it with no sound and completely just follow the story. Like you just, the way every shot is composed, you just follow this story along. But that's a movie, I think if they did the Indiana Joneses in black and white, that would be cool. Like that, they're all very yeah, well shot really, and all yeah. that, and they have that sort of oldie timey sort of thing. Yeah, hmm. yeah. How does the um, is it the Doof player looking black and white? Still pretty good. <laughs> still, still pretty amazing. <laughs> like it's a contrivance, but I'd still would yeah, black and white, but I'd want the flames to still be in red. I sort of thought yeah. that was going to happen actually when I was watching the cinema. Like when I was like. For some reason, I just had this image in my head of like all the explosions were going to still be in color, and then when they weren't, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Yeah, why did I think that was going to happen?" <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Doof is another very Australian word. Like yes. we've we've got doof doof music. Don't know if anyone yeah. else has got doof doof music. I don't think so. No, I think that's no. very specific. Yeah, doof doof music is what I know people used to listen to when they were dragging up and down Chapel Street in their Commodores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Does that translate? I don't know. I only know it because yeah, my wife was telling me about that. She was like, "Oh yeah, you know, on on Saturday nights, you just kind of just you know cruise around Chapel Street." And I was like, "Oh, and do what?" And she's like, "No, that's it." Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Up and down yeah, Chapel and so Street. I, I think in the sort of in the in the nineties, there was sort of raves and sort of rave culture in there. They, they'd have these concerts out in the bush and they, they'd call them bush doofs. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Like, for George Miller just to include that, like to have a crazy guitar player on this enormous vehicle with heaps of drummers. Yep. 
to just it, include that. It's crazy. And it, it speaks to something about the character as well, like the character of Immortan Joe, where he's like, okay, get all the, the troops ready, but also I'm going to need my soundtrack to come with me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to need these dudes to be constantly. Need my motivational music. music. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Again, it's like you know, doing the chaplets with making sure your subwoofer is you yeah. know making the the Commodore bounce. That's the only way to to, to do it. But the yeah. the 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 doof guy, doof warrior or whatever, uh, he was actually a musician. So his name's Iota. So yep. again, a guy from the nineties, sort of early two thousands, Australian musician, and he kind of looks like that as well. He had kind of mohawks and kind of. That, that kind of, I think he had tattoos and sort of that, that look as well. So it kind of suited him. I um, I used to write for um, a website called Audiences Everywhere, uh, which has, um, in the end, the, the editor closed it down and I moved somewhere else. But he one day just kind of messaged me out of the blue, the editor, and he was like, are you awake? And I was like, yeah, it's like 7 a.m. here. I've just, I've just gotten up. And he's like, I just interviewed the Doof Warrior. Yeah, because I just had a phone call with a doof warrior and I just interviewed him. I need to tell someone and you're the only person I know who's going to be awake. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, my God. He's, just, he's like, yeah, yeah, guy was super cool. And, he, and yeah, when he did the interview, he said um, the guitar worked, but it wasn't very that good. He's like, because obviously, he said you could play music on it to a certain degree, but it also could produce a huge amount of fire. So they, like, they hadn't really focused on the... Um, on the tuning of the guitar or anything. It was like, no, we just need to make this the fire thing. He said, yeah, so it was just a pedal that he could press. And when he pressed the pedal, the, the flames came out. He was told to just like rock out and then just like hit the pedal and all that. And um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Oh, that, that's so metal. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so obviously to do all the stunts here, George Miller, intricate very much, you know, had to use storyboards laid out. And I read off, you know, on IMDb, so awesome. take it as you will, that Charlie Theron and Tom Hardy were just on the edge during filming because they had no idea what they were making. Yeah. Like it was just crazy and it was really full on and they were really, really anxious about it. But then they saw the premiere and were like, Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> yeah. Tom Hardy apologized and he's a George Miller at um at the Cannes Film Festival. Like yeah. I've seen that footage. Like he kind of like they're being interviewed. He says, "Okay, before we before we start, I just need to say something. <laughs> I know I was a bit tough <laughs> to work with, but I get it now. You know." Yeah. I guess can I come back for like... an... Can yeah, I come yeah. back for another film? Yeah. <laughs> I think Charlize Theron was kind of disappointed that they're doing a prequel as well. Ah, um, uh, yeah. So, but hopefully they'll come back around and do the sort of the sequel to this afterwards. So an old Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron, because like she, she was brilliant. Like she, yeah, she yeah. made the film as well. So yeah, no, definitely. Because yeah, we left the film with her and the wives basically taking over Immortan yeah. Joe's um, outposts. So they get lifted up literally on this, I don't know what it is, it's like a platform, platform. lifts, lifts. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Up to, yeah, those top levels where presumably they're now going to take over ruling this outpost. But, yeah, Max walks away into the crowd and then disappears. And it's sort of left on a, well, okay, they're taking over now. Now what? Mm. You know, 
how are they going to run this crazy, crazy place? At least they could have given him some water or something. So water supplies. Or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's just like, nope. I'm off. I've given a load of blood. I'm just going to walk up in the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting what the prequel's going to be like. I'm, I'm assuming Max won't be in it unless they cast him. Like, they won't cross paths. Um, no. So. Yeah. I think because Chris Hemsworth's in it. In Furiosa, yeah. and I think I'm just waiting for someone to to publish a like the Daily Express or someone to publish a news story saying that Chris Hemsworth's playing Max when he definitely isn't. Definitely, like someone's going to try and make that jump and make a fool of themselves, but it hasn't happened yet. I'm yeah. quite I'm quite sure. Yeah, because yeah, Chris Hemsworth is still he's still got Thor body, mm. and that's that's not Max body. No. <laughs> no. No way. Oh, I rewatched um, Thor: Dark World as well, inspired by Loki. Good sag. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just thought of it. Um, yeah, the Loki scenes were really good. Geography yeah. of London makes no sense. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. That that's um, yeah. Nah. Yeah, yeah nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. But, but Loki got that episode tonight. Fantastic. Just the show just keeps getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So have, you, have you spoken about the previous Loki episode on the show? I think, I think, think we no, have, so. no, um, no, I haven't talked about um, the previous episode, but yeah, I've been loving Loki. I think all about the Loki the last few weeks. Um, and this episode very much like, yes. Loki, 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 Loki. Um, this is why I love it. And Owen Wilson was fantastic. What What are Owen your Wilson thoughts? Was fantastic. I I definitely Owen Wilson. He's underrated. Yeah. I always forget that he's like in all the Wes Anderson movies and stuff like that. Like he's got yeah. chops, but he also is like, oh, I'll just make my money off terrible comedies, you know. <laughs> but I thought he was great. I thought he was really good. Like his final scene was amazing, and. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. I would have liked to see more of that character, but who knows? I think the um, mid credit sequence. Ah, yes, did we, did we see the mid credit sequence? Yes. Yes. I didn't quite understand, other than I heard Richard E. Grant there. Mm. In like um, the sort of crappy, um, crappy Loki style. Old, old Loki costume from the comics, like just very much just like um, Vision and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that's right. The, yeah. The Halloween costumes, like I think but it was like a green, in, green and gold. Yeah, yeah. And See, I'm not familiar Loki with all the Lokis, Loki. but not... yeah, okay. Yeah. Awesome. So my reading of it was that yeah, that when they delete someone, they take them somewhere that'd been my in my head the whole time that oh you, you're putting them somewhere you're putting oh, okay. them somewhere so when they did it to owen wilson i was like i did gasp but i'm like no he's all right there's still okay. episodes to go when they did it to loki i i swore but i'm like no they're not going to do that to tom hilston and then so mid-credit sequence is when he wakes up in this other place and there's the other Loki variants 
it looked like Asgard to me. Like in the background, it looked like Asgardian. Well, it might be um, Catherine. You might be right in the terms of like when they're putting those little bombs down and they like wipe the the, the, the like yeah. in the timeline. Yeah, maybe that's all just dumped there. So it'll all be buildings and settings and all this stuff, and it's all just dumped in this like other time, like other like a space. time wasteland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's where it's all just dumped all the all the broken branches and all that and all the variants, all the people who get pruned, yeah. which would be pretty cool. So it's like when you do your pruning at home, you put everything in your green rubbish. That's yeah. just your green rubbish for time. It's the green rubbish of the multiverse. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, no, I knew Richard Richard E. Grant was going to be in it. Like I'd seen him be cast beforehand and I thought, oh, he's going to be one of the timekeepers. And then when the timekeepers did appear, I was like, is that Richard E. Grant's voice? Could it be Richard E. Grant's voice? And then I was the final scene. The second I heard like two syllables, I was like, oh, no, no, that's Richard E. Grant's voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know he was cast, so it was a surprise to me. So... I think I'd known, but I'd forgotten, mm. which is possibly the best place to be. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I just, I, I just had it in my head once I'd seen he was cast and I think, I think maybe I saw he was cast and I seen the first episode and I was like, ah, he's going to be one of the, one of the, the big timekeeper space lizards. And uh, no, I was, I was happy to be wrong because this is much better. Yeah. And um, but the time, I was yeah, going to say the timekeeper's were all kind of androids so mm. i don't kind of get that do the timekeepers exist at all or it was just that instance of them that were yeah androids i, th- I don't know someone's I at think... the top someone's at the top of the pyramid but yeah i think Palpatine. Had... palpatine's got the puppet strings yeah yeah i think everyone had had you know wizard of oz vibes about yeah. the timekeepers but it makes it more interesting when you think about when they when the variants enter the TVA, have to, how they have to go through that screening to see if they're actually an android. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, of course. Mm. So if if they've been replaced by, yeah, robots. So, um, so yeah, that's interesting where they can go. And I thought it was interesting and I was sort of happying away that, you know, what, what for fourth episode – and one episode after they find out that oh, all the people at TVA are variants, now everyone knows. It was just mm. out in the open next episode. It wasn't something that was dragged out for another three episodes or whatever. I like that. Yeah. Keep that keep that momentum. Well, they've only got six episodes. So I guess you gotta just like keep momentum going as much as possible. Yeah. Um But I think rumor is that there's gonna be a second season. Like it's not a one off like the other two. Yeah. You could see this having potentially having more legs or more room to move for stories because you've got all of space and time. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor mm. Who's been going for. I was going to say that's been working pretty well so far. Yeah, nineteen sixty-three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and um, yeah, no, I, 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 I love how consistently weird the show is. Like, there's never been a point where I sort of. Every time I sort of think, I'm like, okay, I, I know what this is now. I'm on the right lines. And it kind of goes, whoop, off to the side. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Okay, I'll get on that line and see what that is. Oh, you've, yeah. you've hit a nexus point. Yeah, that's it. I keep branching <laughs> off. But no, it's great. I, I, I love it. I think it's I think it's great. And he's, um, 
the character the character of Loki and the actor um like Tom Hiddleston is just so so entertaining just so compelling as a as a performer I'm just like really charmed by him just like I want to see what he does and I want to see him be bad but I also want to see him get redeemed and so on it's like oh yeah this is good yeah and that was the interesting thing about going back to Thor the Dark World which is just lambasted as the worst or nearly the worst (laughs) MCU movie but if you just watch the Loki scenes you go it it'd be pretty happy because Tom Hiddleston's amazing and you think well that Loki is pretty much the same Loki as what's in the TV show Loki how many Lokis can I fit in one sentence um (laughs) so they are pretty much the same Mm. and so it's interesting to see how Tom Hiddleston is almost tackling that acting challenge Mm. quick bit of trivia for you the the young Sylvie at the start, same actress who played young Ray in uh, Force Awakens. That's where it is. I was I was thinking of that. I was yeah. So there you go. Hmm. Fun bit of trivia for you. That'll that'll drop in the Reddit in a few days, and someone will get like a million upvotes for it. <laughs> oh, so her best known roles are where she gets dragged off from her loving parents by some someone to have a miserable uh, yeah. life by yeah. simon peg yeah. <laughs> in a suit yeah. to then end up growing up and falling in love with a baddie who gets redeemed into a goodie ah yep <laughs> there you go yep pretty good but yeah i think i think I, i'm enjoying loki as well and I'm, I'm enjoying the more the, the comedy as well like i think they've taken some of that from ragnarok rather than the first yeah. two Thor films, and I think he's a great comedic actor, Tom Hiddleston. And um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of kind of keen to see where it branches back into the MCU timeline or the main timeline, or if it's if if it's ever going to branch back into that timeline, or if we're just going to keep so going in some parallel. Yeah, oh, shoot. Because it's all like 2012 all the time, isn't it? It's like Avengers. Yeah, for him. Hmm. Yeah, at what point are they... Because, I mean, they could get quite cocky and be like, okay, we'll just bring him back into the movies now and just be like, okay, well, because... that Loki died, but this Loki didn't, so we'll just keep the character going. Because he's he's seen his own death. Hmm. Yeah. So that's got to play in it, into it somehow. Like, how, how does he... How does him knowing his own death, how does he get back to that timeline? I don't know. There's got to be yeah. something there. Yeah. Well, it's that... You know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, just we know that it's made. That's coming out this year, isn't it? Next year. I've, next, next year. year. I've forgotten. There's too many movies coming. I think this year is um, Black Shang-Chi Widow, this Shang-Chi. Year? Yep. Yeah. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, yeah. Spider-Man 3 and The Eternals. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing yeah. it's July and none of them have come out yet. I guess um, Black Widow is next week. Yeah. Hmm. This time next week, depending on the length of the movie, I would have seen it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Are you going to see it at the cinema still? Yes. Can Look, you go to the cinema? I can't go to the cinema at the moment. Well, <laughs> oh, why do <laughs> I know. Like, it's, it's, for our listeners, we, we had our um, you know, mandatory COVID lockdown talk pre-podcast, but, yes, um, 
Sean and I are podcasting from surprisingly lockdown-free Melbourne, um, whereas Turbo's in lockdown Sydney and what, what a, is it, like 50% strange... of Australian population or close to is like in some form of lockdown. Yeah, that's right. It's like some strange multiverse, like different alternate <laughs> timeline. Like it's normally you guys and, and I'm on the other side, like flying around for work and going to the cinema and now. You're going to see Alien. and, and Yeah, 35 mil Alien. Yeah. I was in Tasmania last yeah. week and now I'm locked down at home. But I'm fully vaccinated, so ready yeah. to roll. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Well, um, Bosch on SBS has dropped an, a f- their final season. I'm about halfway through that. I know I'm the only person who watches Bosch. I think Bosch is quite popular. I, I, uh, when Titus Welliver was on um, Mandalorian, Mandalorian. Yeah. People, went, people went nuts for that. Well, did they go nuts because he's also Man in Black on Lost? Because I know uh, everyone on my Twitter timeline was like, Manning Black, Manning Black, oh, where yeah. I, whereas I was, I was, lost. Yeah. I was, I was screaming, Bosh, Bosh. I was like, oh, he's Silas from Deadwood. Is he Silas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was, yeah. I think we all had different different frames of reference for Tate as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I am nearly finished um, Ted Lasso, season one. Got to start that. Nice. I have that somewhere. Because I got myself a new iPhone yesterday, so Apple TV free subscription for twelve months. So, nice. Was that part of my reasoning to get it before the thirtieth of July? Maybe. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've watched it about three times now. It's 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 a comfort comfort watch. I just Uh, put it on in the background. Love it, Ted Lasso. Brilliant. Yeah. I've got to finish. Now that they've uh, a trailer for the Sopranos movies come out, I've got to finish watching the Sopranos. I'm, I'm yeah. nearly finished the final season. I never watched. Well, I watched the first season way back when it started, and I said I'm going to watch that. Yeah, and it kept on going by, and I said I'm going to watch that, and I still haven't watched it. So I watched the first three seasons in real time, and then I went to uni, and it just I didn't have a TV, and it dropped off my radar, and then years and years and years later. Uh, me and Fiona, when we lived in in Turkey, which was uh, like eight or nine years ago, we were like, uh, okay, we're going to try it. So we start from the start. We watched the same three seasons, and then she bowed out. And I was like, ah, yeah, you're probably right. And then when I got binge, I uh, got a binge subscription. I saw it was on there. I was like, I'm going to watch this goddamn show. And I sat and I and I managed it, like fourth and fifth seasons were just absolutely incredible. And then the sixth season, I'm just sort of making my way quite slowly through it because. Um, the thing with Sopranos is, for me, there's quite a few characters who are fine, but if sh- if the episode is like about them, I just completely lose interest, and it takes me really long to kind of like just watch the episode. And I just had one of them. It took me like three weeks to watch the episode. It was just constantly in my brows, and I'd go and I'd watch like <laughs> three minutes of it and be like, "Oh, I hate this character," and I'd stop watching it. Yeah, so I watched Sopranos in the real time, in that I am. Um recorded it on VHS, you know, mm-hmm. perfected the late night recording. Thanks Channel 9 for starting things sometimes 20 minutes late, sometimes 30 minutes late. So, um, yeah, 
yeah, Channel 9 had it and it was that sort of 11 o'clock, 11.30 time slot where it could be on any time. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, that was the beauty of recording with VHS because it, it could just record a long, um, you could set it for hours, whereas, yeah. you know, your digital recording, it's set for, okay, that time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes, VHS. But yeah, now you that they're long, making long play as well. Oh yeah, long play. Oh, long play. Yeah. Oh my god, that was that was like I remember when my mum discovered that, and it was like a, an absolute game changer for us. Because <laughs> he had like you know, because we had um, the you know two VHSs set up, so you could record from tape to tape. So you know, uh, my dad would go to the video shop, and he'd get all the Back to the Future movies, and then we just record all three of them onto one tape, and then I that would you know we had all the Star Wars movies on one tape and everything, and it was just yeah. Loved it. Real dodgy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone recorded off the television and it's that thing of years later, you, you kind of go, was that actually legal? I mean, everyone <laughs> yeah. did it, but yeah. yeah. I think we all had, we all definitely must have had like one movie where when you watched it, there was a com- there was commercial breaks. Like it was definitely recorded. Yeah. Like, all my Star Wars movies had um, the commercials when for when they'd been like shown on english tv over christmas and i always the i always just remember there was always a commercial from a cartoon called oliver and friends and um <laughs> that's all i remember that's the only commercial i remember and um and yeah and we always had like my copy of the monster squad when the movie ended i then had like 20 tom and jerry cartoons just on there that had been recorded at some other point and then a bunch of music videos i was like oh brilliant <laughs> let's watch that so- I I was the opposite. I I used to hate having ads in our recording. So our first VHS player had a remote. The remote oh. was on a cord, and the remote was the remote was quite literally just a pause button. Yeah. So it was literally a pause button on a cord that you sat there between ads and paused the recording. But there were times where like I'd go to the toilet or make you know a cup of tea or whatever you do, come back and you'd miss it. So there'd be certain chunks of the movie missing oh yeah which was always disappointing the, the yeah. perfecting the pause yeah. perfecting the pause is just such an art such an art and and this was why it was good in those days that you knew okay the first ad would be a promo the last ad would be a promo so you might it, end up with it was like clockwork for a while there like there was a serious thing happening where you could yeah, promo, three three commercials, then a promo, then yep. you're done. And on Aussie TV, did you have that thing of like just before the commercial started, there'd be like a little black and white square would appear in the top of the TV. So on mm. English TV, there would just be like um, when you're watching a movie, or when you're watching anything, like, like about 10 seconds before the commercial started, a little symbol would appear in the corner of the screen. So if you, you could get mm. really cocky and be like, okay, I've seen that, that, I know what's coming, hit it, you know, and then be ready for the... But the problem is we didn't have that sort of promo advert promo thing, so you just have to just be on it. Right. Yeah. I know that they did play the lotto sometimes over the film, so they'd still display the lotto numbers yeah. overlaid on top of the yeah. film. That Monday night. Or like Monday news night headlines lotto. towards the yeah. end of the film, you'd get like a little ticker at the bottom of just any sort of like pertinent news or anything like that. And, of course, over the end credits, you might get, you know, Pete Smith announcing what's coming <laughs> up next on yeah. The Commish. Yeah, all the, all the credits would just be like, just whip past really quickly and that'd be it. Yeah. Hmm. 
Hey, We're spoiled now. It's yep. It's for the best, I think. <laughs> to be yeah. honest, we've progressed as a society. So, it's, there's just so much to watch now, to the point where I feel weird if I'm re-watching something. Hmm. So, um, season two of Dust Boat is on SBS um, on demand, and I can remember what happened in season one but I want to refresh I'm like Mm. oh do I watch something I've already watched or do I watch something new and the thing with Dust Boat is because a lot of it's in um, French and Danish and German there are subtitles so you have to pay attention Uh, yeah it's not sort of like having the background pick it up and kind of be like oh yeah yeah I know what that's about yeah it's it's tough I had a bit of a yeah, I do find that I'm just sort of like, oh, I've got so much stuff that like on my computer, so much stuff to stream. Um, Matt's always telling me shows to watch because I don't know how he watches so much TV, but I, I, he just kind of is always, oh, you should watch this show, you should watch this show. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying, but like me and Fee have very different tastes and I have a baby, you know, so there's <laughs> like, it's, my time is limited. And until like me and Gus can sit and like watch telly together, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit stuck. But yeah, no, it's there's just there's too much. I think you've just got to kind of not be hard on yourself and just be like, I'll just watch what I want to watch. And that's it. Yeah. Yep. yeah. A luxury of choice as well. That's it. Yeah, but I'm sure I'm not the only one who've spent like an hour or a half an hour at least trying to figure out what to watch. And then you look at the time and go, well, I don't actually have time anymore to watch a movie. So then you spend another like 30 minutes trying to figure out a TV show. And you go, well, I don't have time for an hour long one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as soon as you get down. And, that, and that's where you go, I'm just going to watch. Yeah. I was going to say, that's where it's, that's when you watch Ted Lasso again. You just yeah. watch it. Once, once you get down to like, oh, I've only got half an hour. That's where I end up being like, oh, I'll watch a community. I'll watch a yeah. Rick and Morty. I'll watch Adventure Release. You know, I'll watch something I've already seen. You're like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm stressed myself out now. <laughs> I, I did start watching a new show this week and I'm still umming and ahhing. It's one of those where I think I'm going to wait to see if it gets renewed for another season. And it's called um, uh, Kevin Can F Himself. I don't know if you've, you've heard of it. I've heard of that. It's on my list. It's on my <laughs> ever-growing list. <laughs> it's pretty wild because when you, because I, I said to Fia, watch this show and just trust me. And she started watching it and it starts off and it's such a like broad multi-camera sitcom. And it's like a big, like obnoxious canned laughter. And the, it's like the boorish husband with like the put upon wife and all that. And then when the wife leaves the shot, you follow her into the kitchen and, the, and it goes all very dark. And like, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's like whenever she's with the husband, it's like a terrible sitcom. And whenever she's away from him, it goes into like the real world. And it's it's mm. interesting, but it's very dark. It's quite grim, and the sitcom bits are really annoying because they're meant to be. Yeah. But it's like the, the the way that they've balanced it and they've made it kind of like when it's the real world, it's like a different kind of humor, and it's quite funny. And then when it's the sitcom world, it's really unfunny and very stilted, but with this like really loud canned laughter. It's very. It, it, I would advise giving the first episode a watch. But I'm going to wait and see if it gets renewed before I get into it because it seems like it's going to be a bit of a slog with how dark it is. So I just want to just, I'm going to let the let the people decide for me on that one. <laughs> yeah, so was it past week or so Disney announced that 
all their new shows will be coming out on Wednesdays. I mean, for us, like five o'clock or six o'clock or seven o'clock, depending on um, daylight savings, is all pretty good. But obviously, five o'clock or whatever on a Friday night was pretty perfect. Mm. What do you all think of the Wednesday content drop? Um, well, for me, it will end up being a thing where I'll, I'll kind of end up downloading the TV shows and watching them on my phone on the tram to work <laughs> because I'm a Philistine. Um, but I think, <laughs> did they do it to, was it Netflix was dropping theirs on a Friday? So they were like, okay, well, Loki's worked on a Wednesday, so we'll just move everything to Wednesday. I think most other streaming services services do go on a Friday. Mm. I think they're keeping their movie releases for a Friday. Yeah, their shows for a Wednesday. But I don't know what they're going to do if they've got a big Marvel and a Star Wars on the same week. Which they currently do. Yeah. Obviously with Bad Batch and, and Loki. But um, I, when Loki finishes, do we know what the next Marvel one is? Or is there nothing until... Is it Miss Marvel? Do we know? Well, there's a what if. Oh, it'll be that, won't it? Yeah. Because that's the only one I can think of that seems to be made. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ms. Marvel, although I don't know when that's being released, but, yeah, because, you know, the, the next Captain Marvel movie named Skates, or Marvels, I think it's called. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be linked into that but um yeah i'm trying to think i don't know if they've got any more coming up i'm going a bit blank hmm. yeah it doesn't really matter to me like I'm, I'm i'm in a phase where my oldest son always wants to watch both the marvel marvel and star wars so i just kind of have to wait for him to do his homework or we got soccer training or cricket training or something so I'll generally watch it the same night, but not straight away as soon as it drops. But either way, I'm not not fussed. It's content, so any day of the week's fine. Look, (laughs) I've been actively antisocial on Fridays because of the Friday drop um, to the point where I was kind of angry when someone invited me out on a Friday. Like I didn't (laughs) express it to them, but I was like, I don't want to go because there's new stuff. Um, Yeah. You could download it and watch it on the tram on the way out. Or, or, yeah, you know, kept me so. going. <laughs> Look, to go watch, um, it would have been solo with with people. Um, I think it was solo. I I was on the on the train, um, streaming the season finale of Survivor. So that's as far <laughs> as I've gone. Right. I do kind of miss that. Like I, I haven't been to the office since March last year. I got sitting in the office in CBD's Sydney, and I kind of miss that forty-five minutes on the train because you could always watch something and kind of get in the get in the zone for work or or get out of the work mind as well. But I don't have that now, so I kind of got to go for a walk and then tune my brain back into sort of home life. It's very I, hard to I... switch on and switch off. I do like that with, because I was doing that when I, uh, during the lockdown, working from home, going for a big walk around the block before 9 p.m. and uh, 9 a.m. But now I'm waking up quite late. So I'm like, oh, I, I, like this morning I woke up at um, quarter to nine. Like the baby had woken us up and then 
decided to give us a lie-in and I didn't set an alarm or anything. So I was like, oh, the baby will wake me up. You know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be awake, whatever. Um, but yeah, that sort of tram to and fro work, to and from work on a Thursday and Friday. Um, yeah, it's pretty good just to be like, okay, well, I'm trapped on this tram now. I just, I'm going to put Star Trek Discovery on and I'll just get in the zone and watch it mm. all the way home. And it's great. A little bit of captive time before you get back into home life. And um, yeah, it's great. That's what, that's what I'm going to do with The Sopranos. I'm just going to blitz it on the tram. But every time I do that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch The Sopranos on the tram, surrounded by people, and it's the, it's a scene in the strip club. I'm going to yeah. be like, ooh. <laughs> like hiding my phone. Like, a, like I'm some sort of perv. Or, or a grisly murder. Or a grisly murder, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. So I think I will just watch Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty innocent. Um. Yeah, so any final Fury Road thoughts? Love it. Love everything about it. It's a, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, I, I, I'd say it's, having watched them all recently again, I'd say it is my favourite Mad Max film. Like, it's mm. just the culmination of everything. Um, and it's probably one of the most watchable as well. Rewatchable, sorry. Yeah. And I'm keen to check out the black and white version just, just for the hell of it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's a and good I, little experiment. And I may even I do have the three D Blu Ray version. I may crack out the three D glasses again too. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really keen to see what's happening with Furiosa. I've read that it's due out 2023. Yeah. So there was a big announcement for New South Wales, so um, lots of funding for New South Wales government uh, funding some of that film. It's being shot partly at. Fox Studios, I think, and also back at Broken Hill, which would be good to return, awesome. ba- returning back to Broken Hill where it all, well, that was Mad Max 2, I believe, but yeah, so it'd be good to good to see where that's going to go. This this whole experience of like sitting down and re-watching all the movies and watching Thunderdome for the first time, um, thank you, Catherine, for kind of <laughs> inspiring it. Uh, yeah, I didn't realise how much I love these movies, like how much the Mad Max aesthetic and the world and the characters and everything and after like sitting down and watching all four of them just like yeah yeah this is this is my this is my franchise i really really like it i really enjoy it and so thank you for that quite welcome um yeah it's been really good to watch these movies for the first time knowing about them is is one thing but yeah finally seeing them and going, oh, okay, yeah, George Miller, he's got a very singular vision and seeing yeah. how so many other filmmakers have been inspired by the look or just what he's done. Because you, you think about the chase scenes in movies following, you know, do they live up to what he did in 1979, 1981? Or, or was it 80? When did we work out? Thunderdome that was like mid 80s yeah 85 86 or something yeah yeah Yeah. can Fast and Furious live up to Fury Road no it cannot no because they end up kind of going CG don't they they kind of go to I think that's the thing like the 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 refreshing thing about watching Fury Road is the is the weight of like the the hits and then you watch yeah. like any sort of it. Like, to, to pull the MCU as like a, an example, but it's just the obvious example of like when those movies sort of like get to the point of the big CGI battle at the end, there is always that thing of like, yeah, this is fine. This yeah. is a nice bit of color in front of my eyes. This is, yeah. this is fine. Like, 
It's like it's not physically happening. Like there's no. Yeah, but I'm, I'm very much aware that it's not happening. Like whereas you're watching those cars smash into each other, and you're like, "Oh my god, yeah. I hope everyone's okay." It's very much just a heavy metal movie, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I flicked over and saw a bit of um, Dark Knight the other day, and it was up to the bit where um, uh, Harvey's in the in the police van, so they're going underneath the roads. Yeah. And it's that sort of chase, and it is cars going along the road, slamming into each other, and. You don't want to say it's Nolan amazing. was inspired by it, but you go, well, it's definitely in the vein of you know, real cars, chase, confined spaces. This is that frenetic feel. And, yeah. you, and you don't get that with completely CGI, shaky cam. I'm sorry, yeah. Can you tell I don't like shaky cam? But, you, but you're right. Like Fury Road has that thing where just it's constantly just everything's in frame. Yeah. And you can like mm. really pick it out and see what what's happening. And Dark Knight's a great example. That convoy chase is again one of my favorite scenes because it's you know, two thousand and eight, I think that's when yeah. it came out. Maybe yeah. Yeah. And and it just it looks it still looks fantastic today because when that truck flips at the end, mm. they flipped a truck down in downtown Chicago. Yeah. Like they worked out how to do it. And I remember seeing that in the cinema and that, that moment when it goes, when it went up, I was like, <gasps> like holding my breath. And I was like, because <laughs> it's, it's all there and you know, something's happened. The new Fast and the Furious does a similar scene, but it's a CGI truck and who gives a shit? Okay. It doesn't, it just looks like nothing. Like. Yeah. I mean, do they go to space? That's the only thing I'm curious about. I think they probably do this. Time. Yeah. I think yeah. it's gotta be. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, George Miller, what an amazing filmmaker because Fury Road especially, you, you could take any scene and it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Just absolutely the colours. I, I, in my head now I'm, I'm seeing yeah, the doof player and yeah, the flames. Completely unnecessary. Probably mm. blew a lot of money of the budget. Don't care. It's awesome. Yeah. But you remember it. It's very vivid. And you remember that scene. Yeah. You know, it, it's something that really sticks out. And um, yeah, there's so many sequences like that. Um, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Can't I can't speak highly enough for it. Yeah. But yeah, George Mueller, known for Mad Max, Babe, Witches of Eastwick, Lorenzo's oh, yeah. Oil, um, Happy Feet. Yep. What else? Um, there is another weird one that I can't. Happy Feet too. <laughs> there's there's another weird George Miller one, but I can't think what it is. Um, sorry, I was going to quickly Happy Feet. Yeah, but he hasn't done a lot. But everything sort of feels like different genres. He sort of moves around genres a fair bit. I mean, imagine if we, if we did see a Justice League film from George Miller. That would be, be, amazing, would be insane. That? Like, yeah. talk about a what if, if we got Justice League from him. Oh, that's a sliding Compared doors that, moment. Yeah, it is. It's um, what if. Yeah. Mm. There's still time. Oh. He's, he's, he's only 76. He's got plenty of years left. 
I don't think it would be that box. So his Justice League Mortal, um, the bad uh, Immortan Joe was going to be Martian Manhunter. Hugh Keysburn. <sighs> and um, Anton Yelchin was going to be like Young Flash. And Army oh, Hammer was going to be Batman. God, that would have been amazing. Oh. And Anton Yelchin passed away, right? Yeah. Didn't he? Yes. Yeah. A terrible, terrible accident. Um, yeah. But he was amazing. Um, but yeah, oh well. You get the uh, Justice League. You, I get the, you, there's, there's enough Justice Leagues <laughs> at this point. I think I think we're all a little bit Justice Leagued out. We probably got the one we deserved, not the one we wanted. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We're terrible humans, so we des- that's what we deserved. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Turbo, where can people find you if they want to? Uh, they can find me in lockdown for the next two weeks in Sydney yep. um, at home um, <laughs> or on, on, on Twitter at uh, Turbo1975. Sean? Um, I am, yeah, no, I'm off Twitter and I'm off Reddit now as well. So I'm slowly diminishing my social media. But yeah, Blue Panther Milk Co. Come check out the Calvizian Chronicles and also um, episode 10, written by Artificial Intelligence. Uh, Star Wars episode 10, written by Artificial Intelligence, and Solo 2, written by Artificial Intelligence. And I'm currently um, deep into episode, Star Wars episode 2.5, A Senator and a Jedi. Um, which is a sort of weird um, romantic comedy style thing that's gradually getting away from like the, the AI is taking it away from us into this weird sort of terror territory. So I'm trying to rein it back in, but it's it's hard. Uh, so that's hopefully going to be done in, in a month or so, and then we'll get a cat. We've got a really good cast together for that already, so we're going to record that. Can do you have um, AI that can generate that Anakin Padme meme at all? Like maybe try uh-huh. that. Yeah, that's a good point. Because at the moment, it's just like, um, it's done a weird thing where it had like a meeting of the Jedi Council and one of the characters was obsessed with ordering a pizza and that just kept coming <laughs> back around. Um, Dexter Jetster's in it, keeps t- talking about Jawa juice. Um, Grievous has like been in it and stole someone's pants and just like weird, weird, weird things. Um, so we're trying to keep track of it, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. And, and Matt sort of left me in charge of it. So it's, 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 it's really sort of gone out of my hands very quickly and I'm trying to bring it back in. So that's fun. And then we got a load of other projects after that. So yeah, check it out. Blue Panther Milk. Sounds good. Co. Awesome. Glad to hear you off Reddit. I only hear bad things. Yeah, I finally just realized I was just scrolling it for no reason. I was like, no, you know what? Rather than just deleting the app, I'm just going to delete the entire account and instantly feel better for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mind you, I hear mainly that about um, Survivor Reddit, so. Probably. It's all Reddit. Yeah. It's it's not as bad as, it depends where you are, but for the most part, they always descend into madness. Mm. Every Reddit collapses. Every subreddit collapses in the end. So if you want... A timeline just filled with Cassian and and random things. That Geek Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram um, at Catherine underscore Neen for all your Cassian and or just wedging him into anything. Oh, I went to get a um a Chris Hall Cassian and or reframe today, and the guy behind the counter said, "Oh, who's this?" Oh no, poor guy. (laughs) Cassie and Andor from Rogue One from Star Wars. 
He's like, oh he's yeah, he's like a guy from Dirty Dancing too. Nights in Havana, or whatever. <laughs> Havana, 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 Havana Nights. Oh. Thank you. You you should feed that into your AI <laughs> for romantic comedies. It's not a bad idea. It's actually not a bad idea. I think about that. <laughs> See if I can find the script. Yeah, there's mm. just movements. A lot of, of boogie in. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, you can find yeah that geek pod wherever you find us. If you find us, that geek pod will return. Sorry, I I honestly just forgot my intro then. <laughs> <laughs>